Welcome to Bible Studies for Life for Adults. I am Lynn Pryor, and with me is Chris Johnson. Chris, you doing okay? I am. Great to be with you, Lynn. Hope you're doing well. I think I am. And joining Chris and I is Brian Gass. Brian, thank you for taking the time to be with us for this podcast. Oh, yes, sir. Glad to join you guys. And if this is your first time to our podcast, well, number one, welcome. Glad you're here. But uh, let me introduce Brian to you. Brian is uh, works on the Bible Studies for Life team, in particular leading the group that does the uh, adult resources. Uh, Chris does senior adults, and Brian works on the adult. But Brian is also a bivocational pastor. In addition to all the time he puts in at Lifeway working on these resources, he also pastors a church. And Brian, I just I commend that for you. Uh, well, what you do. It's a great joy. It's a passion for sure. I love staying connected to the local church, and I think it helps me uh, be better at what I do at Lifeway. Well, that's interesting that you would say that since we're talking about the church today. That seems like a good thing for uh, us, to, us to focus on. We all have backgrounds. All three of us have backgrounds working um, in different areas uh, within the church as, as pastors and leaders and continue to do that to this day. Uh, we all share a love of the church, but not everyone does. And uh, so this is a great lesson for us to, uh, to be talking about. Uh, passage uh, that we will be focusing on is out of the book of Romans chapter 12 and uh, it, it's Paul talking about the benefits and the purpose of the church and uh, so I think that it's very timely for us to have this conversation one of the things that the uh, uh, author of this study talked about is that refrain that we hear occasionally for people who say you know I love Jesus but I don't care too much for the church and um, this is this is the this is the bride of Christ. The body, the body of Christ, the church is the bride of Christ, and uh, we we don't have that option to say uh, we love Jesus, but we we don't we don't love His body, uh, we don't love His bride. So um, this is a great opportunity for us to talk about that. There will be groups that have healthy groups and healthy healthy church experiences, but there will also be groups that. Uh, are in the middle of difficulty in in the body. There's maybe a lack of unity. There may be a First Corinthians kind of spin going on in their churches. So this is a good opportunity for us to uh, highlight the importance of the church from a biblical perspective. Sure, because as we jump into this, this is our fourth Bible study as we talk about commitment, what, what's involved in commitment as a Christian. And our, as you said, Chris, our focus is on our commitment to the church and you cannot be committed to Christ truly and not be committed to his body. And what we're going to see as we jump into Romans 12 is this idea that believers, we are one in Christ. Let me just read. Uh, this is Romans 12. Let me begin reading verse 4. Now, we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same functions. And in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ. And individually, we are members of one another. Well, the church is just such a beautiful thing, isn't it? The local church. Um, thinking about how much I love my church. And uh, we're not a, not a big church, but we have people from all over the place, different educational backgrounds, different socioeconomic levels, different racial backgrounds. And when we come together, we are all united in Christ. And that is what's most important about it. And it's just beautiful to see that diversity, but also that unity. I think that the challenge uh, we have as 
yeah, I'm a part of the church, but I'm also an individual, is the people to see that sense of we're in this together. You know, as, as Paul said it there, that we're individually members, we're members of one another. That idea that in unity, that means, Brian, uh, I belong to you and you belong to me. And uh, that we have a responsibility for each other. We have a care for each other because uh, we have a unity in that. It's just, we're not just individuals. We are a body together. And that idea of, of many members, many parts uh, coming together as one, uh, absolutely brilliant uh, that God inspired uh, this image uh, through the power of the Spirit uh, to help us to see a, a, a concrete example of there's there are, we we can look at our bodies and recognize that there are different parts of our bodies, but they all it all works together as one and just amazing uh, to 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 think about that imagery and how well that works. Sure. Well, as you get into the next section, he's just going to build on that with the idea that we're all in this together. And therefore, the spiritual gifts you have, they are benefit. We have those gifts in order to help and benefit each other. Uh, this is uh, verse 6. According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to the proportion of one's faith. If service, use it in service. If teaching and teaching, in exhort, if exhorting and exhortation, giving with generosity, leading with diligence, showing mercy with cheerfulness. Now, Paul's not giving an exhaustive list of the gifts. But he's giving examples here to show us, remember, we all have different gifts, but the purpose is we use those gifts for the sake of the body. We use them to help and support each other. I was thinking about uh, one of the ladies in my church. Um, she actually had fallen out of church for a long time, and uh, her mom led the children's ministry, and uh, her mom ended up passing away, and Sometime after the funeral, boy, God just got all over her about the need to be back in church. And uh, she has come back to church and has been faithful. After a little while, she started uh, leading the children's moments um, at church. And uh, just seeing the way she connects with those kids in a way that blesses all the adults in the congregation, too. I've thought several times, wow, what if we didn't have that part of the body here exhibiting that gift the way that she does? We would just not be the church that we are. Sure. I'm one of the challenges we have just practically talking about gifts is when you, when you talk about people, you need to exercise your gift. They think of certain functions within the church. In other words, preaching, singing, and teaching. I mean, those are the three everyone focuses on. And they think, well, I can't preach. I certainly can't sing. And they say, well, I, I, I just don't want to lead a Bible study group. That's not. And so they think, well, what's there left for me to do? That, that is a challenge. And I think there's a value of groups just kind of dialoguing about that. Uh, one of the experiences I've learned is, uh, and you guys probably know this too, people, I may not see the gift in me, but others see it. So as a group, just say, okay, let's talk about what are the gifts we see in each other? That's a really good approach, Lynn. And I think that that's a healthy approach to allow people to talk, not about themselves, but the, the, the gifts and abilities that, that they see in others. Uh, when um, I first started in Lifeway, at Lifeway, I worked with David Francis on a book called about 
um, spiritual gifts. Right book. And it is a good book. And David did such a great job of helping us to appreciate uh, the, the parts of the body that are maybe viewed by many as less significant. You just mentioned what happens in church with, with worship and teaching and singing. Uh, but David recognized through his work and uh, through his research and, and his uh, it being involved in the church for such a long time that the vast majority of members in the church have gifts in the area of helps and service. And these are uh, vital parts um, of the body and essential spiritual gifts, but they're not platform. They're not the. They're not highly visible. But it's just like Brian was talking about. If you don't have those people doing those things, we're in deep trouble. So mm. David did a great job of helping to lift up those gifts of of helps and service, and to talk about how valuable they are, and and the need for us to talk about that and to encourage people to use those gifts. Yeah, and the folks who just seamlessly move between it all, encouraging those folks in their gifts, fanning the flames, um, how critical they are. So what do you tell a person who uh, says, well, I don't know what my gift is? How do you respond to them? Well, I, th I think um, hopefully if, they, if we know them well enough, we can point out some things. That, that is, is one thing that we can do. Um, I, I I know some people like assessments and some people don't. I think that I think there's there's an opportunity there. Um, I think David's advice in his book was tr just try some things, jump in and see if sure. um, if you uh, uh, help with the kids, see if that's something that you like and that you're good at. Uh, help with the parking team. Help with find a. a, a an area where you can just try to find out what your gifts are. And um, I don't think that's a bad idea. Oh, I, I agree. I think, I think a lot of people use their gifts without realizing that they're, they're using their gifts. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, part of, part of David's deal was that most, most good Sunday school teachers aren't necess don't necessarily have the gift of teaching, but they have the gift of shepherding. Sure. So they, they have this group of people that they take care of and that they minister to. And kind of along the way, uh, they, they teach. He says that a lot of times teachers uh, are have the gift of exhortation or encouragement more than they have the gift of teaching. So they can, they can be those people who can say, hey, we can do this together. Hey, you have this gift. Hey, uh, let's find out how we can work together. So I, I just think uh, there's a wide variety of ways to discover gifts. Oh, yeah. Trial and error is certainly a whole lot better than the paralysis by analysis that so often takes place. That is so where true. folks just you know stay status quo and don't try anything um, yeah. until they find that lightning bolt experience. You know, several months ago, uh, when our churches when our church reopened after being sequestered with COVID nineteen, uh, we, we kind of put a plan in place on what we were going to do. To, to uh, we had two services and. Uh, what we were going to do between the services. Well, we were going to need people to clean, just to kind of clean it up, uh, just, just to keep safe. So when we put this plan out there, church members started coming out of the woodworks with a willingness. Yeah, I'll clean. Yeah. I'll be the one to go into the bathroom and make sure it's restored like it should be. And as, as I watched this happen that first Sunday, I'm going, okay, there's the gift of service. There's the gift of help. You know, just they, they, we didn't put a plea out there. If you have the gift of service, would you be willing? No, we just said, here's the need. And I think that's what people do. They, they, uh, 
they gravitate to where their gift leads them, whether they realize that's what they're doing or not. Good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Now, yeah. so what? What? Uh, okay. Wait a minute. Before we transition, one of the things that I think the lesson writer makes the points is that uh, you, we can't say uh, I, I I don't have the gift of evangelism. I don't have the gift of giving. Uh, that does not let us out of our responsibility to share the gospel and to give. So we can't use, I don't have this gift as an excuse to be disobedient. Yeah. When we've been commanded to do something, giftedness is, uh, is not the most important thing. We need to be obedient. Yep. Right. Thank you. And I think Chris, as we get into this next section of scripture, verses 9 through 16, some of that comes into play because he's been talking to us about the gifts. And now what you see beginning in verse 9 is just uh, command, command, command after they were just, you could just park on one of those very good practical advice. You want to, you really want to serve. You really want to put your, your gift into practice. Do these things. Let love be without hypocrisy. Uh, outdo one another in showing honor. Uh, be fervent in the spirit. Share with the saints and their needs. So you can see these, these, uh, <laughs> I can say it this way, these tips that Paul gives us. You can apply these to all the gifts. As you live out your gift or whatever's in front of you, this is what you do. It's a very practical instruction on how to love each other. This is that section of uh, Paul's writing where he does get very, very practical. He's very specific about what it means to be a Christian and to be a part of the body of Christ. And these are wonderful admonitions for the people in our small groups to hear and to encourage them to apply these things, to practice these things in their lives. Right. We're in the fall now, but uh, well, we've come through a spring and a summer uh, where there were just a lot of opportunities to practice these exhortations. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Uh, whether it was the coronavirus or the racial tension in our country, my goodness. Um, there's been a time of lament, but there's also, uh, there have been plenty of examples of reasons to rejoice and to build each other up. And it's been good to see God's people come together in helpful ways to do that. Right. And I, and I think this Bible study is uh, it's just spot on. What our commitment to Christ we have a commitment to Christ, that's going to include a commitment to his church and how we love and how we serve one another. Thank you guys for taking the time to talk about, about the church and the value of the church and the importance of the church. And we want to thank those of you who have listened to this podcast and hope that it's been helpful to you. Hope that it's been encouraging to you to think about these, how you would apply these principles in your life. We recognize that some of you are leaders in your group. So there's some things we want to share with you that will hopefully help you as a small group leader. And Lynn, I'll let you go first. All right. Uh, now, this isn't going to apply to every leader, uh, depending on what resource you use. I'm sorry for that. But if you use the adult material, which is what Brian leads, or if you use the KJV adult material, I want to tell you about a box that we provide. In this box is a leader guide. It's 10 of the personal study guides. It has a, um, there's a copy of Biblical Illustrator. There's a copy of Advanced Bible Study. And there's that big leader pack. It's all in the box. Okay, so what's the advantage of the box? Well, number one, it's easy on that uh, when you start your winter materials or you get the box, you don't have to divvy up and try to find all the books you need. It's in one box. 
It's a great place to find it all right there together. Uh, I've noticed that my church, uh, Ken Braddy, who is our minister of education, uh, that first that Sunday he distributes everything. He uses these boxes and it makes it go so fast. Well, what if I have more than 10 people in my group? Well, okay, you order a few more books, but it really does make it easy. And I found as a teacher, it makes it easy to keep all my stuff together. And for what it's worth, there's another practical thing. There is a savings. Uh, I'm not going to get the percentage right. I want to say it's around 15% savings uh, buying the box as opposed to just buying all those individual pieces. So anyway, if you lead an adult group or a KJV adult group, you might want to just look at that, uh, see about getting the group box. Uh, advanced or Hobbs in those? Yes, Advanced is in the uh, adult box. Herschel Hobbs commentary is in the KJV box. Good. The other good re those are other good resources for leaders to have in hand as they prepare. Oh, they sure are. Well, Brian, I'm going to turn it over to you. Why don't you uh, share uh, out of your great wealth of wisdom, why don't you, <laughs> you share a teaching tip with us? Well, I just we've emphasized before, I think, the power of story. But uh, the activity that we use for this session is a case study, and it gives you an, uh, an example of a friend who tells you she doesn't need any help um, or have any need for attending a local church. She says she studies her Bible at home. She listens to a Christian radio station for worship, subscribes to several worship uh, or sermon podcasts. Based on this study, how would you respond? And so it allows uh, the group member to unpack the principles that we have been sharing and uh, the love and the passion for the local church that obviously a lot of people have and to be able to do that in a practical way where they play that out so that when they run into a situation, God can use them readily um, to help somebody get reconnected to the church. Another idea might be having a pastor or an older church member come in and tell the story of the church. Why did, our, why did we plant a church here? Um, why does our church exist in this community and help them to be connected to the legacy of the church as well? That's great. It really is. Thanks for um, sharing that. I, I think especially the first one where it, it just gives you some very natural ways to apply the principles that you've taught based on a kind of a case study of a, of a person's life uh, is, is an ideal approach for the kind of lesson that we're talking about this week. So thank you guys for talking about the church and the value of the church. Thank you for listening to uh, Bible Studies for Life adult podcast. And we hope you will join us again next week.